Hello everyone, it's so nice to see you. Today we're going to be creating our own luck. And from a Rosicrucian perspective, I'm sure you realize that we're not playing with chance, but instead we're exploring how we can attune with the plan that the cosmic has for us. So to begin, I'd like to share what the definition is of luck. This is uh, from dictionary.com. Luck, the force that seems to operate for good or ill in a person's life, as in shaping circumstances, events, or opportunities. Also, good fortune, advantage or success, considered as a result of chance and a combination of circumstances, events, etc., operating by chance to bring good or ill to a person. The ancient Roman Stoics had a goddess who controlled their fortune or their luck, and her name was Fortuna. And it was believed that she made all the decisions. She, de she determined our fate. She was often depicted holding a cornucopia for abundance and everything that could be given to us in this lifetime. But she also, in her other hand, held a rudder because she was steering the course. And in some depictions of her, she would be standing on a wheel or a, a ball showing that she was, that she did not place us in a stable position because everything was up to Fortuna. Now, a Rosicrucian perspective of luck is not really so much about chance. And we're going to explore a number of Rosicrucian techniques that help to put us in alignment with the energy around us so that we can be open to our greatest good. And I'm going to share my screen now so that you can see some of the online resources that we have available anytime you're interested in learning more about this. Okay, so some of these resources that I'll be referring to are on rosicrucian.org. And this is the order's main webpage. And here you can see I'm going to texts. And then down from there, the first option is Rosicrucian books. And two books in particular that I'd like to draw to your attention to are Rosicrucian Principles for Home and Business. And this book was written by H. Spencer Lewis in 1929. And it gives very practical principles for manifesting what we want in our lives. And another book that's available here is Self Mastery and Fate with the Cycles of Life. This also was written by H. Spencer Lewis in 1929. And it tells us how we can get in harmony with natural cycles so that we choose the most auspicious time to do something. For example, if we're starting a new business, there is a cycle of the year and even a cycle over many years that the energy is more supportive for starting the business than at other times. So we can get in harmony with those cycles. 
And then another book that's available here is by Frater Lonnie Edwards, and this is Spiritual Laws That Govern Humanity and the Universe. And as you can see, with the, when you click on these links, there are choices for Kindle or Apple, and there's Nook, and there's a PDF. And in this case, with Frater Lonnie's book, this was also made into a video series. So all of these resources are available. You can just click down at the bottom here for the video, but all of our videos are available at um, youtube.com slash Rosicrucian TV. Again, youtube.com slash Rosicrucian TV. Then there's another place with some great resources related to applying the Rosicrucian principles in our life. And this is a special issue of the Rosicrucian Digest that was published in 2016. So I'm still on the homepage here, still under text. And if we click on Rosicrucian Digest, you'll see all these digests here. Here's the most recent one, number two from this year. And it was, uh, uh, volume 94, number two in 2016, Applying the Rosicrucian Principles. And some of the articles that are included are in here are How Thoughts Project by H. Spencer Lewis, also The Practical Application of Mysticism by Ralph Lewis, Mystical Prayer by Michael Shalouli, and two that we're going to refer to today the first one is called Two Practical Principles by Erwin Watermeyer. And the second one is Prosperity and Expansion of Awareness. So again, all of these resources, all of the Rosicrucian books, the Rosicrucian Digest, they're all available to you for free online when you go to rosicrucian.org. All right, so I mentioned two practical principles. And this was originally presented as an audio tape that was recorded, I think in the late 1960s by Erwin Watermeyer, who was the professor of physics at Rosecroix University International at Rosicrucian Park. And in 2016, when we published a Rosicrucian Digest that focused on applying the Rosicrucian principles, we transcribed this audio tape so that we also have it as a written article. And this was a really influential, uh, originally a recording in my life. My mentor, Emma, when I first became a Rosicrucian, she asked if I had a copy of this recording yet, and I didn't. So she gave me, it was a, a little tape that I must have listened to a hundred times. And I really appreciate how it makes so clear what the Rosicrucian principles are, not only related to manifesting what we want in our lives, but kind of the underlying nature of reality and being able to attune with the cosmic. And here is exactly what Erwin Watermeyer says about this. Two practical principles. There are two important principles. First, the only events of which we may become objectively aware are impressions received in terms of the five objective senses. Consequently, 
before any psychic or non-material impression may be objectively realized, it must first transform itself into an objective sense impression. Secondly, our subconscious speaks and understands only the language of symbols. Consequently, when one desires to impress anything upon the subconscious, it must first be translated or transposed into a symbol or image. These principles work most efficiently in what Rosicrucians call the borderline state. And this is when our objective faculties are inactive or they're subdued, especially right before we fall asleep or during a meditation. The stream of our objective and subjective consciousness may be directed by our conscious will. In other words, we have the conscious ability to direct what we are going to think about and how, using either words or non-words. However, as we penetrate within, this is no longer the case. The stream of subconsciousness cannot be directed by will. The stream of the subconscious moves independently of us. Our inner self is wiser than the outer. And when it speaks, it always tells us something we do not objectively know. So what we're going to be exper experiencing today is opening ourselves to messages from the master within or our inner self. Psychic impressions, messages from the master within must be transformed into an objective sense impression. So when our inner self wants to communicate with us, it has to transform its message into something that we can objectively understand. And when doing this, the inner self uses memory images that are available at the moment and shapes them into the message. So when the inner self is trying to communicate with us, so we objectively become aware of something, it has a shelf full of images that are in our memory. So the way it communicates with us is using images from our memory to bring what it wants to communicate to our attention. So we need to keep in mind that even though we may receive a message from our inner self that is images from our memory have been used to express it to us, that might not be the direct message. So images in our memory are used in order to bring our attention to the message that our inner self wants us to understand. So it seems that if we want to create our own fortune, or our own luck, that there'd be no better way to do that than to be receptive to messages from the master within, who has a better spectrum of perception. The master within sees beyond our objective senses, just like the oracles of Delphi, who were able to see beyond the usual limits of time and space, our inner self is able to see beyond our usual objective senses.
Now, examples of transformation of psychic impressions include when we see an aura. How many of you have seen an aura of someone or of yourself? So this is when we might look at someone and we may see a, like a glow around their head or sometimes when the lighting's really good, we can see a glow or and sometimes it's colored around our fingers or other parts of our body and even objects have an aura. So we're not actually seeing that glow or those colors with our eyes. We are getting a sense of the vibrations that extend beyond the body. So when we see someone's aura, we're not seeing it with our physical eyes, we're seeing it with our psychic sense. It's a psychic impression that we're able to comprehend because it looks like a glow around someone's head or it looks like colors around my fingers. In the same way, when the inner self speaks to us, it's not speaking in English or French or German or any language. It's sending a message that then is transposed into whatever language it is we speak if we're hearing or seeing words. But sometimes it's just an impression that we have. And that goes then beyond the, the words. So it's we're, um, when we're getting messages from the inner self, they need to be transformed into something that we can objectively understand. And when we send messages the other direction, we use symbols. And this is important in the Rosicrucian techniques for visualizing. So when we want to visualize something, and we're gonna go over the steps in a few minutes, we use symbols. We don't think about the words of what it is we want. We need an emotion-charged mental picture that has sufficient power to stimulate our subconscious into action because we're trying to reach our subconsciousness. We're trying to reach the subconscious mind. So for proper visualization, we need two elements. First, a clear mental picture. And second, it must be charged with emotion. Then after we follow certain steps, this needs to be forgotten. We don't dwell on it. We forget the image so that it becomes detached from our objective consciousness. So that this living symbol now can impress itself fully upon the subconscious. And again, we're going to be going over this in a few minutes. And we can only do this if there has been a sufficient relationship of trust and confidence between our consciousness and the subconscious. And this is done in different ways, including certain meditations that we do as Rosicrucians, but especially when we receive messages, say for example, um, um, through intuition or in a dream or through a synchronicity that we acknowledge it. That is how we develop trust between the conscious mind and the subconscious and vice versa. 
Now, in this recording, to Practical Principles, Erwin Watermeyer points out that it's so important to remember that our subconscious is always amenable to impressions and to suggestion 24 hours a day. So if we are visualizing health for 10 minutes a day, but for the other 23 hours and 50 minutes a day, we're not taking care of ourselves, we're not exercising, we're not eating right, that is sending an overpowering message to our subconscious. So it's important to remember that our subconscious is always open to suggestion. So now we're going to look at seven steps for creating what we want to manifest in our life. And first, I'm just going to share these with you. And then we're going to go through them in some detail. First, we sense the inner essence of what you want. Then we create and experience an emotion-charged mental picture. Then we create a relationship with it. We reorganize our life into the new pattern we seek. It's important that we don't tell the cosmic how to do this. Whatever it is we want to manifest, we don't tell the cosmic how to do it. It's also important that we take action as we are able to, that we do our part. We do what we can do right now. That we acknowledge synchronicities and also intuitive messages and messages through dreams. And that we express gratitude. So now we're going to look at each of these. So sensing the inner sense of what we want. We're going to do this shortly during a meditation. And this, the inner sense could be that instead of something very specific, we would sense what it would feel like to experience health, fitness, wealth, poise, whatever it is that we want to experience, it's to attune with and connect with the inner essence of it. The ancient Egyptians, they understood this concept. They had something called the Am Dawat. It's spelled A-M, and then D-U-A-T or D-W-A-T. And it literally means that which there is in the afterlife. And what the Amdawat describes is the field of potentiality, the field of all potential, and the universal field of being. This is first expressed in the tomb of Tutmosis III, who has a very important role in the Rosicrucian tradition. And there was a funerary text that describes what happens to someone after they pass on, after they go through transition. And it's also similar to how the ancient Egyptians viewed where the sun goes after it sets. So they believed that there is an underworld, the Amdawat, that contains the potential for anything that can manifest. This is the essence of 
the inner essence of what we, we may want, the, the field of pure potentiality. And just like an acorn has the potential for what? An acorn can create not just any tree, but it can create a massive oak tree. In the same way, the Amduat has the potential for anything that could manifest in our world. And so when the sun goes down, it goes into the Amduat and comes back with all the potential for everything that exists in the universe. And in this way, we can get in touch with and be attuned with the inner essence of what it is that we want. There are many possible yous, plural for you. There are many possible me's, there are many possible yous. And we want to get in touch with the inner essence of the me that we want to manifest. Some of you may have seen a film that came out around 1998, I think it was, called Sliding Doors. And it's really a very deep film. It stars Gwyneth Paltrow, and it tells about her. She's, she runs to get on a subway car, and she gets on the car and goes home and discovers something that changes her life drastically. And then there's another situation where she runs up to the subway car, but the doors close, the doors slide close, and she has to wait for the next subway car. And what happened in the first instance doesn't happen when she misses that subway train. And this is happening with us. There are all these possible us's. There are all there's a, there's there are many different possibilities of you in your life. And we could see it in parallel universes, but we can also see it in this same life. So the first step for creating what we want is to sense the inner sense, the inner essence of what that is. I mentioned recently that the Danish philosopher Kierkegaard is credited with saying, when you name me, you negate me. And this means that, or at least one interpretation can mean that if I say that I am a tall American woman, that negates everything that I didn't say. And when we are attuning with the inner essence of what it is that we want to manifest, we're not doing that negation. We're not limiting ourselves to something smaller. We're connecting with the, with the potential of anything, anything that we want to manifest. Also, um, the next step is that we need an emotion-charged mental picture. And we'll work on that momentarily. So when we're visualizing, it must be a clear picture of this inner essence, and it must be just charged with emotion. And then we begin creating a relationship with it. We reorganize our lives into the new pattern that we seek. Now, um, when we 
Well, uh, an example for me is I never visualized myself becoming the grandmaster of the Rosicrucian order. A number of years be before I was asked to serve as the grandmaster, I was so profoundly grateful to the order that I made a promise that whenever I am asked to serve the order, I will say yes. And this began when I was a member in the lodge in St. Louis. And when I moved to San Jose, we were establishing a new lodge in San Jose. The Grand Lodge had done everything in San Jose and some members thought it would be helpful to the local members to have a lodge in San Jose. And I went to this, that had already started before I moved to San Jose. And I went to the first meeting and some people were saying, no, we want the Grand Lodge to do everything. This would be a lot of work. And so I expressed the many benefits that I had received by being able to serve in the St. Louis Lodge. And I didn't want to be the first master of the lodge that was going to be established in San Jose, but I was asked to be the master. And this was when I had already said, anytime I'm asked to serve, I'm going to say yes. I had just moved to San Jose. I had a new job. I, I had a lot going on in my life. And that was the essence. The essence of what I wanted was that I wanted to be of service to the order. And if I was ever asked to be of service, I was going to say yes. So after I served as the master of the lodge, um, Sora Karen Mork served as the master a couple of years later and she asked me if I'd be the ritual director. My answer was yes. Anytime I was asked to serve the order, I said yes. So this just it helped me to gain the experience that was then helpful to be the grandmaster. But more than that, it was that I had opened myself to whatever the order needed I wanted, it was, it was my commitment to say yes to. So next on our list is uh, it's important to use symbols when we're visualizing. And there was a Soror Francoise who used to teach a course on visualization and she used treasure maps that were so powerful for people. And it's a simple procedure you can get a big piece of poster board and it's helpful if it's green and then go through magazines and clip images of items and experiences and conditions and people related to what it is you want to manifest. Another important aspect of manifesting things and creating our own luck is don't tell the cosmic how to do it. H. Spencer Lewis wrote about this in his book, Rosicrucian Principles for Home and Business. There was someone in the book as an example who wanted to move to California. And they were running up against all kinds of challenges until they let it go. And then they were offered a position and everything just fell right into place. So we create this image of the inner essence of what we want to manifest in our life. And then we don't tell the cosmic how to do it. The next step is to take action and to do our part, to do what we can do in this 
in the mundane world. Often people will contact us about being an employee at the Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum. And the first thing for them to do is to establish a relationship with the museum. Every single employee that we hire has been a volunteer first. So if you're interested in manifesting a position or anything that you want to manifest, you may want to consider volunteering in that field so that you begin to expand your relationships to include what it is that you want to manifest. Now, will is will or willpower is part of manifesting. And there's a very fine line between how much we assert our will and how much we allow ourselves to get in the flow that the cosmic has in store for us. And that's the, it's really an interesting balance to work on. I'm going to share what the monographs say about will. And this describes that, that very fine balance. Any act of will, as you know, is the result of an, of an objective decision taken consciously that consequently called upon our different types of reasoning. And this is presented in a monograph. It says, for instance, if you study this monograph attentively, it is because you have decided to do so. However, the decision was necessarily influenced by your subconscious. For the latter always urges us to do things that are positive and useful for our physical and mental well-being, mysticism being one of the most favorable elements for this well-being. Yet, at no time were you conscious of that subconscious influence, thus proving that the will corresponds to the conscious application of an unconscious impulse. It is therefore not a purely objective faculty. Then it continues. If one admits that this faculty originates in an unconscious impulse, it may happen that the impulse is not strong enough to cross the threshold of the objective mind. In that case, it does not succeed in stimulating the thought processes. And consequently, cannot give rise to any voluntary decision on our part. Sometimes it is the reverse that occurs. Sometimes the impulse transmitted by the subconscious is sufficiently strong, but the objective mind opposes it more or less firmly, judging that there is no reason to take that urge into account. So the monograph says the best way to cultivate our will consists of two steps. First, by paying attention to the impulses conveyed to you by your subconscious when it deems it necessary to prompt you to act in a certain way. And second, by submitting such impulses to your reflection in order to activate them by corresponding words or deeds. 
In order to succeed, you should acquire the habit of listening to your inner voice and place all your reasoning processes at the service of this voice. Moreover, it is also important to define the goals you wish to attain, since the will, when applied objectively, must be directed to specific and constructive ends. If it is not, it is spread too thin and thus leads us into error. So the next important thing to keep in mind in creating what we want to manifest is acknowledging synchronicities. And in a Rosicrucian Digest article in 2019 called Discovering the Rosicrucian Path, there is an article called Synchronicities or Meaningful Coincidences. And it really describes how sometimes there is a big hand that's moving us into the right place for what we're supposed to do next. And here's how it describes synchronicity. Synchronicity occurs when events take place that do not have a linear causal link. And yet we sense that they are connected. For example, when we think of someone whom we have not seen for a long time, and then we happen to bump into them, with happen in quotation marks. Or when we are interested in a new subject and we receive a book related to this subject from someone who didn't know we were interested in it. The events are related to each other through meaning, not through one thing leading to the next. And how many of you have had a synchronistic experience where it didn't make sense that, you know, it wasn't one thing led to another, but something put you in the right place or connected you it seemed out of the blue. And then the final aspect of creating what we want that I mentioned is gratitude, which is that we give something in return. And in the Rosicrucian tradition, this is called Amra, that we keep the energy of prosperity flowing. So now we're going to open ourselves to the inner sense of what we want, that inner essence. So please sit in whatever way is most comfortable for you. Take three deep breaths, becoming more relaxed with each exhalation. Now think of something that you want to manifest in your life. It can be a small thing, a grand thing. Think of something that you want to manifest in your life. And now, Sense the inner essence of what that manifestation is. It may not be what you just thought of. That might be the end result of something much deeper 
the inner essence of what it is you really want. Now, before we take the next steps in the prosperity process and the Rosicrucian techniques for manifesting what we want, we're going to consider some questions regarding what it is you want to attune with, the inner essence of what, what it is you want to attune with. These questions are from the best Rosicru the best non-Rosicrucian book that I have read on prosperity and manifesting what we want in our lives, and it's uh, called Everyday Miracles by David Spangler. And the reason we're not moving to the next step yet is he presents questions to ask ourselves that are very helpful at this stage. So what you just envisioned manifesting Ask yourself why you wish to manifest this. Now ask yourself, what is your natural connection with this manifestation? What's your connection with this? How compatible is that that you wish to manifest with your wholeness, with your, your whole everything, with your wholeness? How compatible is that which you want to manifest with your wholeness? Are you willing to accept whatever change the manifestation will bring about? What changes might these be? What contribution will you make to that that you wish to manifest?
On a scale of one to 10, how much do you really want or need this manifestation? How deep does this desire go? What is the extent of my commitment to this manifestation? Are there other alternatives that would satisfy this desire? What other avenues might there be to manifesting what I wish? And from the Rosicrucian teachings, does this benefit more than just me? Okay. You can open your eyes, please. This is an important step that I think a lot of people skip, that we think we want something and we may go down this path and then find that it really wasn't a deep inner urge, it was came from another place and maybe it's not the best thing for us to manifest right now. Or maybe there's another way to get it, to get that inner essence than what we originally thought. So we're not going to work on your manifestation in particular during the next meditation because it's recommended that after considering these things that you take about three days and don't think about what it is that you want to manifest and then come back to it and think, okay, is this really what I want? Is this worth um, going to school for four years for? Or can I get this, can I manifest this a number way? Is this something I really want to pursue right now? Does it fit in with the wholeness of my life? Or is it going to cost so much that I will not be able to experience other things in my life? And you may find that everything just flows. And then a few days from now, I encourage you, after you've taken about three days to just let this incubate, to um, come back 
to this if it's something that you want to manifest. And you can use the four steps of the prosperity process that are described in that Rosicrucian Digest that I mentioned, the one on applying the Rosicrucian principles. And we're going to just look at the four steps of the prosperity process, and then we're going to meditate on them. So when you come back to what it is you want to manifest, you can use these four steps. And again, they're, they're spelled out in that Rosicrucian Digest, and you can find that online. So we begin by saying, I ask the cosmic that, and then whatever it is, whatever that inner essence is that you want. And I ask the cosmic that perfection manifests now in all aspects of the functioning of our beloved Rosicrucian order. Then I give thanks that my request has already been fulfilled. I open my arms, my heart, and my mind, and I willingly accept cosmic abundance. And you may want to actually open your arms when you're saying this. I now have a covenant in which it is agreed that the cosmic is supplying me with an abundance of all things necessary to live a happy, a successful and happy life. In return, I dedicate myself to being of maximum service to the divine and to those around me, to living my life in a fashion that sets the highest example for others to follow and to remaining open and responsive to the guidance of the master within. If it is the will of the cosmic, so mote it be. So now we're going to practice these four uh, steps of the prosperity process. And again, we're not going to focus on what it is that you want to manifest, because it's really important that you take a little time to see if this is what you want to make so predominant in your life right now. But we are going to do a meditation related to this. So again, if you would sit in whatever way is most comfortable for you, take three deep breaths, becoming more relaxed with each exhalation. And now I invite you to sense the inner essence of what is most inspiring and beautiful to you related to the Rosicrucian order. What do we want to manifest together for our beloved order?
So sense the inner essence of that, perhaps an experience you've already had that you'd like to share with others. Sense the inner essence. And now see that as an emotion-charged mental picture. You're feeling and seeing the Rosicrucian order in its most pure and powerful essence. Now create a relationship with that mental picture. How do you fit into that mental picture? How is your relationship with that mental picture related to all of us together and all Rosicrucians around the world? What is our relationship with each other in manifesting this essence? Who is in that emotion-charged mental picture? What sounds do you hear? What fragrances do you smell? Where do you feel this essence in your being? Place your hand on that place on your body. Can you think of a symbol that represents this? This essence, this emotion-charged picture. Don't tell the cosmic how to do it. Just stay in the feeling of the essence the inner essence. Commit to taking action, to doing your part, whatever you can do, to manifest this vision of the Rosicrucian order. Synchronicities will appear. 
Intuitive hunches will come to you. Dreams will reveal to you. Acknowledge all of these. Acknowledge synchronicities and intuition and dreams as they occur. And give your gratitude. I give thanks that my request has already been fulfilled. I open my arms, my heart, and my mind, and I willingly accept cosmic abundance. I now have a covenant in which it is agreed that the cosmic is supplying me with an abundance of all things necessary to live a successful and happy life and for perfection to manifest in the Rosicrucian order. In return, we dedicate ourselves to being of maximum service to the divine and to those around us, to living our lives in a fashion that sets the highest example for others to follow. and to remaining open and responsive to the guidance of the master within. If it is the will of the cosmic, so mote it be. Thank you all very much for participating in this meditation. And again, that's the, those are the steps to follow in about three days. When you use these same four steps of the prosperity process to create what it is that you want to manifest in your life. So now you realize that the reason that the word luck was in quotation marks in the name of this teleconference is because it's not luck at all. It's getting in the flow of the cosmic so that we're hearing the messages from our inner self, from the master within that lead us to being of the most service that we can be in this lifetime. So mode it be.